the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by the Federation for American Immigration Reform and George Rodriguez on 930 AM, The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. Welcome to our show, my friends, on this beautiful Saturday, November the 18th. Just a little bit before we get to Thanksgiving, Christmas, and then a brand new year, my friends. It, it, it's gone by, by so fast. So, welcome to the show, my friends. Let me tell you who we've got. We've got a packed show. And uh, we want to tell you, my friends, our show is the number one show in South Texas regarding the issues of immigration and the border crisis. If you want to know anything about immigration and the border crisis from experts, we have them. And we've got some great ones tonight, uh, or today, should I say. Uh, first of all, we've got uh, Texas Land Commissioner Dawn Buckingham. She is going to be talking about the takeover of the Fronton Island. Uh, I uh, was giving her a hard time and telling her she's like John Wayne and, and the sands of Iwo Jima. She uh, sent in the troops to take over the island. And uh, she's going to tell you all about it. It's a, it's a very, very interesting story, my friends. Something that our state needed to do and take some action on. Um, then we've got uh, Ms. Sheena Rodriguez, another very, very good friend. She is with the, uh, uh, she is president of the Alliance for a Safe Texas. And she is going to be giving you a very detailed uh, explanation about what happens with our children, the children that are crossing the border unaccompanied, the unaccompanied minors. She is working on special legislation in Austin to get the state to act in some way to find out where these kids are going, to keep track of them, to make sure that they are safe. The Biden administration is doing absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing to track these kids, to watch where they're going, to be careful where they're going, and they are losing them. They admit, Homeland Security admits, that the nonprofit organizations that they work with have no idea where some of these kids go or to whom they go, which is even worse. To whom they go. They could be going into sex traffickers. So uh, Sheena is working. You're going to hear uh, a detailed explanation of what she's working on and why it's necessary. Then we've got another very, very good friend of mine, Dr. Mike Vickers, who is the founder of the Texas Border Volunteers. Dr. Vickers is one of the uh, people who was uh, responsible for initiating efforts to stop the illegal immigration, the invasion that was going on. Now, he started this uh, about almost 20 years ago uh, because there were all sorts of people uh, walking across his ranch. Many of them were dying. And um, the situation accelerated as uh, the border crisis grew. Uh, more bodies, more people crossing the border uh, or his property. You're going to hear from him. Uh, he was up in Washington, D.C. this past week. Uh, he was up there doing some lobbying with our sponsor, FAIR, the Federation for American Immigration Reform. They were up there uh, doing some lobbying. And uh, you're going to hear what uh, what he was working on because it's very important, my friends. It's very, very important that uh, the uh, national leaders, the representatives that are elected, particularly from other states, hear what is going on uh, with us down here. 
Uh, our final guest is uh, Congressman Chip Roy. Congressman Roy, another very, very good friend of mine. He is by far the most outspoken conservative in the U.S. Congress. I mean, he is disliked by the Democrats and by a lot of, well, I'm not going to say it, but a lot of Republicans who uh, just don't agree with his tactics. But he is uh, he's a great patriot, a great constitutional conservative. Um, he has been fighting uh, the powers that be up there regarding the budget and the issue of immigration, how to address it. You're going to want to hear what Congressman Chip Roy has to say. So, um, welcome, my friends, to our show. Once again, our our, our uh, uh, guests, Don Buckingham, Texas Land Commissioner, Sheena Rodriguez, Alliance for Safe Texas, Dr. Mike Vickers with the Texas Border Volunteers, and our final guest is going to be Congressman Chip Roy from the 21st District of Texas. So, uh, friends, again, let me encourage all of you to please uh, uh, go to our website and uh, and uh, check uh, this program. Uh, you can hear it after it's done. We post it. You can hear it. Uh, we can. Uh, I post it on Facebook so that you can hear it. We need to get the word out, my friends. We need to get people to hear what is going on. We want them to understand the, what is critical, particularly in this time when we are being threatened by foreign powers, by foreign groups like Hezbollah, and uh, and Hamas, they mean business, my friends. This is this is a very very critical and dangerous time for us as American citizens, particularly when we've got a wide open border and a uh, and, and a, uh, a a government, a president that doesn't seem to want to do anything about it. So, without further ado, my friends, let's go to our first guest, Texas uh, Land Commissioner. Don Buckingham. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. And uh, we've got uh, the Texas State Land Commissioner, Miss Dawn Buckingham. And uh, I wanted to get her on because recently she was acting more like a general uh, in the Pacific, taking over an island in the middle of the of the Rio Grande, taking it away from from uh, some some cartel members. And uh, a lot of us didn't get the word or didn't get uh, exactly what was going on. Uh, the media uh, covered it a little bit, but I don't. But I want to. I want to ask her to give us an update about what happened and uh, wh- what the status is at this point. Commissioner, thank you very much for taking time to be with us. Welcome to the show, George. It is my pleasure to be on with you today, and a big Texas howdy to all your listeners. Yeah. You know, we are excited about declaring Fronten Island territory of Texas and the United States. It is literally at the most violent part of the border. This island was a 170-acre safe haven and refuge for the cartels who were fighting over it nightly, actually. And so by treaty with Mexico from the 1800s, anything north of the center of the waterway is is by treaty Texas and, of course, America. The problem with it not being claimed previously is that that meant law enforcement literally could not step foot on it. So neither Mexican law enforcement nor American law enforcement and so it gave the cartels this 170 acre refuge where they had significant weapons caches, of course drug caches uh, shelters and places to uh, traffic their individuals and so we came in declared it Texas as is our right the General Land Office, one of our main objectives is mapping the official mapping for the state and once we knew where the center of the waterway was and it was north then it was ours and so military has cleared it, we have taken away that safe haven and we are making our border even more safe and doing everything we can to get complete operational control uh i heard that uh that they're also physically clear clearing it that they're cleaning out the uh the underbrush and everything that was helping to um to uh aid in the uh in in the hiding of uh of uh, drugs and and individuals as well that's exactly right. Our Texas Guard came in with a bunch of bulldozers, and we just cleared the entire space. We left a little bit of brush on the riverside just to try and shield the stray bullets that come from across the river all the time. As every night there, you hear fully automatic weapons going back and forth as the cartels are warring each other in that town. And we do get a fair number of stray bullets across. We wanted some break, but it is, it is a wide-open space now, and so there's nowhere to hide. That's excellent. That's excellent. And you literally did act like a general in ordering the uh, the Texas military, as well as uh, 
I, 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 <laughs> we're doing law enforcement in there. I, I like that title. You know, it was funny. I was uh, speaking with uh, Mr. Banks, who's, of course, Abbott's borders are, and he just said, Dawn, you have no idea how this has dramatically changed um, people's lives in this region of Texas, how big this really is. It, it had been a request for several years, and just, you know, in the normal efficiencies of government, I guess, nobody wanted to make that move. I don't have that issue. I see it. I take it. We're going. So we're excited about it. <laughs> well, thank you for keeping us safe uh, and taking some action and not being afraid of it. The uh, <laughs> Really? The... Uh, uh, explain to folks what the Texas Land Commissioner does uh, so that they all understand exactly what your duties are. No, I appreciate that. You know, when Texas was a republic and we were going to transition to a state, we lived under all the flags, had all kinds of overlapping land grants. And so we were founded to be the guardians of Texas history, the keeper of maps and the steward to what today is our state lands is 13 million acres. That land was set aside to fund education. So we wrote a $2 billion check to public education this year. I'm actually the largest mineral owner in the state as well as the largest landowner. So we're responsible for the majority of oil and gas produced in Texas, which, of course, Texas produces almost half of oil and gas for the entire country. So we also run our state veterans program. So a, a big thank you to all of our veterans. Um, truly an honor to take care of them. But we run nursing homes across the state, cemeteries. And Texas is the only state that has a veterans land board. It's a low interest rate mortgage loans for our veterans who want to buy a house, renovate a house, or uh, buy some property. We do everything coast. We're wrapping up the largest disaster recovery this country's ever seen in the Hurricane Harvey recovery. We're embarking on the largest infrastructure project that this country has ever seen, that the Army Corps of Engineers is doing in the coastal spine. Starting in Louisiana, going to Mexico, and creating a barrier system to protect our coast from storms. Um, and we also run the Alamo. We have your neck of the woods, $500 million project, thanks to Lieutenant Governor um, Patrick's leadership as well as the legislature. They gave us $400 million. We're raising the rest of that $100 million privately, but we're going to build a big museum that sets Alamo in the, in the history of Texas. We're building a big educational center to teach our kids our liberty-loving line in the sand, fight against tyranny, against all odds history, and uh, we're going to be sure that church is standing in 500 years. We're going to do whatever it takes to get that church structurally sound and in a good spot so that our people can visit for a long time to come. That is wonderful. Let me ask you because uh, because of the um, uh, of the conflict that's going on in the Middle East right now, uh, a lot of folks are worried about the energy, uh, particularly oil and gas, uh, for our vehicles and for transportation, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, is that something that uh, you have been focusing on uh, in any way, or is that um, in in your purview to uh, to plan for? Absolutely. As the largest mineral owner in the state, we're doing everything we can to protect our oil and gas in industry. Drill, baby, drill, right? We're leading the fight against um, the endangered species baloney that the Biden administration is using <laughs> to try and try and shut down oil and gas. We're coming up with solutions for produced water that hopefully will turn West Texas into a garden oasis because right now it's the reinjection of that water that comes up with the oil and gas that we think is causing the earthquakes, and that's one way that EPA could shut down drilling on state lands um, is through the earthquakes. We're providing solutions there. We just did a big lease sale on hundreds of thousands of acres on formations for carbon sequestration so that our oil and gas companies can become carbon neutral and save them from EPA's regulatory authority on that front. So we are protecting oil and gas and being a big part of transformational energy um, every way we can. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, while uh, we're looking at California, uh, the price of gasoline in, in California, and then on top of that, their efforts to not uh, uh, dam any water or to protect their water because they don't want to hurt the minnows, uh, I certainly hope that we're going in a different direction than they are. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't be more opposite of California. You know, Texas, there's a reason our economy is larger than Russia's. We're leading the country. We're leading the world conservative policies work. You know, I think that's part of what the Biden administration is trying to do to the state. I see them trying to hurt Texas economically every single day because we are just waxing the liberal states in economic prosperity. And so we're going to continue to do that and continue to lead. Yeah, well, that's why so many so many companies are moving here, not to mention uh, folks moving here. 
Let me ask you before before we let you go uh, one more time. Uh, are there any other issues that you're going to be dealing with along the border? Because uh, obviously the Biden administration is not doing anything to deal with the border. <laughs> well, we are acquiring ranches uh, where the owners are standing in the way of the wall being built. We are securing that property so that the wall can be built. Um, and we are just, most people don't realize it was the General Land Office that built the first section of the wall decades ago. One of the things we do is, of course, flood mitigation projects. And the valley needed a big levee, and we just put a big old fence on top of it. So where there's a will, there's a way. And we will continue, like I said, to do everything we can to get complete operational control of that border and fill the void that the federal government is doing by abdicating its complete responsibility. But I tell everybody, we are not going to get a secure border unless we get a Republican president in place. So this next election is critically important. Amen to that. Amen to that. Folks, we've been uh, speaking with uh, Commissioner Don Buckingham, Texas Land Commissioner. Thank you very much for taking time to be with us, Commissioner. It is my pleasure. God bless. Thank you very much, and we'll get you on the show again soon. I look forward to that. Have a great day. You too. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. And we've got uh, my very good friend, Miss Sheena Rodriguez, who is uh, president of the Alliance for a safe Texas. Now, she just uh, did a presentation on a paper that she did uh, that's gone before the governor, and uh, we uh, want to find out what that's all about because it uh, has potential uh, potential for some legislation. So, Sheena, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking time to be with us. Tell us about Thanks. your program or, or your paper. Thank you so much. It's it's always a pleasure being on the show. Yes, so th- this is something that we've worked on uh, for, gosh, uh, over two years now at this point um, with with several pieces of legislation that have been refiled. Uh, again, this this during this special session, it is currently HB 97 uh, with Representative Stan Kitzman once again leading the charge. And the paper, the, the very in-depth and in-detail in paper uh, research publication uh, that we just published a few days ago is explaining the necessities uh, the, the necessity of our legislation um, and the longstanding issues that have been ongoing for several administrations and across the span of, of several different years uh, here in the state of Texas with regards to the housing facilities of unaccompanied minors in our great state and all of the issues uh, therein. So it's a very extensive paper trying to get the attention of Governor Greg Abbott um, to to add this important legislation to uh, to the call or to a, a subsequent, uh, it's looking like we may end up possibly uh, having a, an additional special session uh, at the beginning of the year. So if that happens, we want to ensure that this our legislation is uh, understood why it's needed, and 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 we have a, an opportunity to get finally get it passed. Now, tell us a little bit about the current state. Of housing for children. Yeah, so, and that's what this extensive paper uh, does in a very quick, I mean, it's 20 pages long. Uh, however, if you can, if you could believe it, that is really just a quick synopsis of some of the uh, long-standing issues plaguing the state. So the state of Texas, and this is what I call an in-between issue because it's something that's not like border wall uh, and it's not cartel, you know, interior enforcement related necessarily. So it often gets overlooked. But we as the state of Texas in just the last three fiscal years alone, since the Biden administration uh, assumed office, we've had over 50,000 unaccompanied minors that have been released to sponsors across our Texas counties alone. We, uh, as a state, we not only encounter more unaccompanied minors than any other border states, but we also have more unaccompanied minors absorbed into to our communities, and we also have 
far more facilities, HHS contracted facilities with the notorious NGOs, the non-governmental organizations, far more than any other state. Uh, the last uh, publicly available information that we have is over 50. The only one that comes close uh, is California with about 14. So the, it's a huge disparity, disparity huh, I can't discrepancy um, or issue gap in between the states, if you will. And there have been allegations of abuse since since the uh, since since these facilities have opened their doors, uh, really absorbing the influx since 2014. And of course, now you can imagine it's just exploded over the last few years, uh, even more so under the current administration. Um, there have been long-standing allegations of sexual abuse, uh, just horrific. Um, they're, they're not doing background checks on 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 the uh, volunteers and the employees that are working in these facilities. Uh, questions and issues of using, uh, not even adhering to ORR's policy, the Office of Refugees policies and procedures of what they require and mandate for these housing facilities. Um, just not livable situations in a lot of these facilities. And so, what our legislation aims to do is to expand the existing state code. Um, in the state of Texas that are very vague and very small and insufficient in many ways um, to, to expand those existing state codes to give an opportunity for the state and the local governments to force transparency, um, to, to, to get a foot in the door so that we can attempt to try to address some of these longstanding issues that are affecting Texas communities across the state um, and the staff and the uh, minors in our care that Texas has been tasked to care for. Let me ask you, can you real quickly tell people, walk us through the process when a child is encountered, uh, an illegal alien child is encountered uh, on our side of the border, um, what is the process? What do they do with that child and how are they turned over to these NGOs? So oftentimes um, what will happen is once uh, the Border Patrol will immediately receive these unaccompanied minors and and then at that point oftentimes they are then released into the care and the custody of these HHS and ORR contracted NGO facilities. Uh, and that's what we're, we're, we're discussing here is these facilities that are temporarily housing the unaccompanied minors because due to the Flora Settlement Agreement, which we also dive into in this paper, um, Border Patrol can only have is only supposed to have them in their care for up to 72 hours prior to at least being put into uh, one of these temporary housing facilities. Um, and so from there, then it is uh, they, they stay there until they're able to release them to their, well, of course, uh, like I even testified in front of Congress about uh, very poorly vetted sponsors oftentimes is, is what we're finding. Um, and, and then the, the problems continue from there. So that's generally the process um, that that happens. And so what we're talking about is just one very uh, small area of concern when it comes to the care of these unaccompanied minors. And, and you know, I want to make sure that, that people also understand this. What we're even talking about is these children that uh, are supposed to be uh, school-age children, right? So an unaccompanied minor, of course, is defined by a child that comes over without a parent uh, or guardian uh, across, comes across the border illegally um, and, and it is all the way up to age 17. And I'm going to give you one very quick example of why this legislation is so important. One of the things, even when I met with one of the NGOs a while back uh, at a private meeting, that they confirmed that the, a lot of once these children age out, so meaning once they say that they are 18, because it's very difficult, obviously, to verify their age uh, or the identity of any of these quote unquote children, um, they are then oftentimes just released into the communities. Another concern is that runaways, HHS and ORR policies say that they these facilities cannot uh, go after or try to quote unquote detain any of these children. So if they attempt to run away from these facilities here in the state of Texas, 
they don't have to go after them. Not only that, but they are also, HHS does not require them to communicate that there is a child that has run away from their facility to local authorities. So that's why this legislation is so important because it's also a huge risk to the immediate communities of where these facilities are. That's incredible. That is outrageous. That is absolutely outrageous that that there is no accountability of these non-governmental organizations who are taking care of these kids to make sure that they know where these kids are or what happens to them. Correct. And if you truly cared about the children in these facilities, these these issues need to be addressed. And instead, HHS is attempting to codify or make permanent these dangerous policies that have been existing. And that's going to make the situation for Texas even worse, which makes the necessity of our legislation getting passed even that much more important. Uh, And that's the other reason why we're trying to get the attention of the governor now. The Center Square, um, Bethany Blankley reported, she wrote two different articles, one explaining the data and the numbers um, of of the number of children that, uh, of minors that have been released to sponsors here in the state of Texas, and then the other one explaining why this is so, why this legislation is so vital and important. Incredible. Sheena, we're going to let you go, but thank you very, very much for enlightening us. Tell the people where they can follow you. Yes, thank you so much. So please go to our website, securetheborder.us, securetheborder.us. People can actually download this uh, in-depth research publication right there on our website. It's under the tab Research Publication. It's the second tab down. And then all of our social media is on there as well. Thank you so much, George. You got it. Once again, my friends, we've been speaking with my very good friend, Ms. Sheena Rodriguez from the Alliance for a Safe Texas. Keep up the good work, Sheena. Thank you. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got uh, our good friend, Dr. Vickers, from... Brooks County down in um, near the valley and um, Dr. Brooks has been very very involved in uh, in in the um, uh, border crisis he has been uh, echoing it he's been speaking about it Uh, he's even organized groups around it Um, and I wanted to get him on because he was recently in Washington DC so Dr. Vickers welcome to the show thank you very much for taking time to be with us George, it's always a wonderful uh, event to be on your show and uh, look forward to talking to your uh, uh, friends that uh, listen to your show. I think it's one of the more important uh, talk shows probably in Texas. So, you know, it's always a pleasure to to visit with you and uh, give you an update on what's happening down here on the border. Thank you very much. Uh, Let's talk about this trip that you recently took to D.C. It was sponsored by... um, our sponsor, our our show sponsor, FAIR, the Federation for American Re- uh, for American Immigration Reform. What was that about, and what did you do? Well, uh, George, uh, what they had was uh, a border security lobby day, and in particular. Uh, to encourage and visit with uh, uh, all the players, the congressional uh, members and senators, uh, to let them know how we felt about this H.R. 2, Secure the Border Act of 2023. And about uh, 45 or 50 of us from around the country, all over the United States, were invited. Uh, these are sh- most of them, uh, most of this group of 45 to 50 were sheriffs that are dealing with the fentanyl poisoning with gang members affiliated with the cartels in their particular communities, uh, drug dealing, human trafficking, uh, you know, the list goes on and on and on for, for all the uh, uh, criminal activity that these sheriffs and, and us, uh, not only people along the border, but we're talking about communities all over the United States where these sheriffs are dealing with crime affiliated with uh, the cartels. Wow! And uh, uh, this this uh, this is what uh, what we did. We were uh, 
divided up into nine groups of, of at least five individuals each. There were three of us from Texas, two of our Texas Board of Volunteers, including myself, and then a Texas sheriff from Carroll County out there, Sanderson, uh, right there on the river. And uh, we made the rounds, and uh, uh, we not only went to the to the house and visited with house house members, but we also uh, uh, visited with senators. And each group had a different group of uh, representatives and senators that they went and visited with. And uh, we visited with eight uh, representatives and senators uh, from Texas and and Arizona. And, uh, you know, it was a great day. It was just an absolutely spectacular day and event. And, uh, what was the, what was their response? What, what, how did uh, these congressmen respond to your, uh, stories to the lobbying? Well, you know, George, I was real uh, surprised. And, and overall, I thought their response was fantastic. Uh, you know, they realized the, the crisis we're in and, and, uh, uh, some affairs research under President Biden, more than 9 million people have illegally entered our country. Uh, that's probably over 7.5 million that were, were encountered and processed, and then another 1.7 million gotaways that invaded the Border Patrol. And these are the groups that are, uh, that our Texas border volunteers encounter. These are the ones that are coming through the brush in between the ports of entry of private property and creating all kinds of unlawful activity. And, uh, you know, that, that's a significant number of people that you're getting in here. We have absolutely no idea where they came from or what their intention is in coming here. But these are the ones that can't get amnesty. Uh, they've got criminal background, gang members, either from the country they came from or from previously being deported here in the United States. Tell the, tell the folks about the Texas border volunteers that you're part of, because uh, many people uh, haven't heard of them, and what you do, why it is that you end up encountering all these folks. Well, I'd be glad to, George. Uh, this is our 17th year, and uh, 17 years ago, uh, the traffic was so bad coming through all this private property uh, down here on the border, and, and also all the way up, uh, uh, you know, to El Paso, but especially down here uh, from Eagle Pass South all the way to Brownsville. And, you know, I've been a veterinarian in uh, South Texas going on 51 years, and uh, most of these people that are or that are experiencing all this tremendous amount of illegal traffic on their private property are ranchers. These are our uh, my clients, and uh, we pra- we practiced uh, practiced veterinary medicine on the on the border here for in 16 counties for over a half a century, and I've watched the decline of of, uh, of of the whole situation, the lawlessness on all this private property. Half of my clients leaving their ranches and moving to San Antonio or Corpus Christi or McAllen because of all the criminal activity on their property. They're not able to enjoy their property, and they have to have their property watched by maybe one ranch hand to check the water sources. And this has just been escalating uh for a long time and so we uh, a bunch of us banded together we started a group we uh, to to watch these trails these smuggling trails we aligned ourselves with law enforcement uh that'd be the border patrol the texas rangers the dps our local sheriff's department and police departments and we've been well received and we've uh, uh we go out on this private property and we fill a void that the border patrol and law enforcement at state and local level can't fill we're watching these smuggling trails and back 17 years ago we identified over 600 smuggling trails just between Laredo and the coast on private property and that's what we do when we see the the perpetrator either the drug smugglers or the human smugglers we get the border patrol in there and we help them get them apprehended and for five years we did the drawbridge camera project for the Texas Rangers they went out with us saw what was going on couldn't believe the amount of traffic coming through all this private property around these border patrol checkpoints the um, uh, type of people that you're that you're stopping I mean uh, in the old days like when my grandparents were around it used to be just Mexican workers coming to work coming coming across the border <laughs> in 2023 who are you encountering 
oh my gosh, George, it's uh, <laughs> it's just unbelievable. We're running into we're we're uh, seeing people from 161 different countries, huge. <laughs> of uh, people from China, uh, from the Middle East, from all over the planet. It's just unbelievable. Africa, a bunch of different African countries, uh, you know, just people coming in here from from all across across the globe. It's just unbelievable. And, uh, you know, it's it's getting worse. And uh, it was real bad during the Biden and Obama administration. Uh, We found a lot of dead bodies. Uh, Our peak year was under Biden and Obama. Uh, I think we found 129 dead bodies in Brooks County alone that year. Uh, a lot of them were found by our border volunteers. Tell, tell the and, folks how uh, these people perish. Tell them how they, how is it that uh, these people die? Well, it's 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 pretty cut and dry. They're all homicides. Yours. These people don't come in here on their own and come around these checkpoints. They pay the cartels money to have them brought in here. And then we have all these different gangs that work for the cartels, Pistoleros, Mexican Mafia, uh, MS-13, Tango Blast, all these different gangs work for the cartels and and, and bring these uh, these people in here. And uh, a lot of them are asked, you know, they'll dupe these people. They'll tell them, you know, uh, we're going to get dropped off here. You'll be able to see Houston in 30 minutes. Well, it's actually a 30 or 40 mile walk to be dropped off in the drop off zone south of one of these checkpoints and then walk through deep sand, uh, real treacherous terrain in a hundred degree plus heat uh, and get picked up 30 or 40 miles north uh, where they're in the pickup zone north of these checkpoints. And most of these people uh, can't endure that type of uh uh, strenuous activity and they never take enough water on a hot day they need to have three or four gallons of water they usually carry one jug uh, of one gallon and what they do they they get cramped up they lay down and uh they can't walk and the group and the coyote walk off and leave them i've even we've even got video footage of some of these coyotes at a distance whipping some of them to try to keep make them keep up it's just unbelievable and that's you know when they get cramped up, lay down. They uh, the, uh, uh, deficient in electrolytes and, and dehydrated, and that's where we find them. But there, it's too, most of the time it's too late. They die, and they walk off and leave. That's die. incredible. Let me. Uh, we've only got a couple of minutes uh, left, but uh, give us your opinion uh, of what needs to, to happen. And again, folks, we're speaking with uh, Dr. Mike Vickers who is a uh, resident uh, along the border in Brooks County. And he's been following, he's been involved in this whole situation, he's been trying to do what he can to prevent and protect America. Doc, what do you think needs to happen at this point? HR2 that we were uh, lobbying for, uh, all of our group, uh, uh, needs to happen. It, it is an absolute uh, necessity for us to save our country and, and uh, the Republicans, it's passed uh, it needs to pass through the Senate that's going to be doubtful but the, the Republicans need to hold the Senate's feet to the fire on, on funding so that this thing can happen and, and that, that's a must and here uh, George, just one last thing on, on the dead bodies under Trump in 2020 we found 32 dead bodies. We only find 10, 15% of them. In 2021, under Biden, 129. I mean, 119, excuse me. And then in 2022, 93, and so forth. This year, over 40. So we found at least, as of two weeks ago, 252 bodies in Brooks County, most of them in 15 to 20 minutes in any direction from my, my ranch and front door. And... Uh, here again, during the Trump almost put us out of business. He had the border secured. We had a trickle of traffic. And in 2020, in 2021, in January under Biden, we uh, got more traffic apprehended in our first uh, border volunteer op in 2021 than we did the whole year in 2020 under President Trump. And, and most of these uh, legislators that we visited with 
all agreed that we need us we definitely need a change in the executive branch and hopefully it'll be prompt to get this situation turned around you got it buddy folks once again we've been speaking with our good friend dr michael vickers from uh, brooks county doc thank you very much for taking time to be with us and to um, continue the work that you're doing down there to protect our country and uh, our state Thank you very much, George. Always a pleasure to be on your show. You got it. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. And we've got uh, our very good uh, friend, special guest, Congressman Chip Roy from the 21st District here in San Antonio. And uh, I wanted to reach out to him because um, we just had uh, Congress passed a uh, a spending bill, and uh, I want him to explain to us uh, a little bit about what uh, it means that it, they suspended the rules uh, in passing it, and uh, the number of Democrats that actually voted for it, because uh, it uh, seems like more Republican, more Democrats voted for it than Democrat than Republicans. Uh, Congressman, thank you very much for taking time to be with us as usual. Uh, Great to be on, George, as always, uh, and I uh, appreciate everything you do and standing up for, for the border and, more importantly, for sanity, and, and, and uh, love being on your show, as always. Um, tell us tell us about this uh, spending bill and what it means that they suspended the rules to pass it. Well, this is one of those situations where the swamp is going to do swamp things, and um, look, I, I, I'll be very direct. Um Mike Johnson's a good man. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly happy that, uh, that he is, uh, in a position as speaker to be someone who tends to be more conservative than who we've had there, uh, in the past. But look, I don't believe in, in mulligans when it comes to real life and when it comes to the future of my country. And, um, Speaker Johnson, uh, is, uh, making a very bad decision. And his first decision out of the gate was to send Israel funding, but paid for with cuts to the expansion of the IRS. That was a good decision. But Mike made that decision before he had staff around him and he started listening to all of the idiots in this town tell him why if he goes down a certain path, oh, bad things will happen. You will fail. And then he listened to them and he blinked. And so what he did was jam through a continuing resolution that is a continuation of the 2023 levels of funding. And he did so uh, using what's called a suspension of the rule because he knew a number of us were not going to support a rule to screw over the American people with a continuation of Nancy Pelosi's level of funding and policy priorities, including wide open borders and Alejandro Mayorkas and the United Nations and the UNRWA UN funding for the Palestinians and Hamas and for the continuation of all the woke policies of the Pentagon, including abortion, tourism and transgender surgeries and continuation of the funding of the ATF going after our guns and going after pistol races and law abiding Americans and the Department of Justice going after the president. Your Republican conference voted to suspend the rules. 127 Republicans joined with Democrats, 209 Democrats, to pass that monstrosity yesterday through late January, early February, which amounts to about a $400 billion uh, spending bill, including the farm bill, which they tacked to it, with no reforms to the farm bill. No requirements that China not buy our land. No fixes to any of the big ag subsidies at, at the expense of small farmers and ranchers. So I'm uh, basically saying this is both strike one and two for Mike Johnson, and he's got to get the next decision he makes right. Now, what does it mean uh, for the border? Have, uh, as you know, our show uh, focuses on the border, focuses on, on illegal immigration and what is going on in our nation. Uh, has anything been done or passed uh, addressing our border? Nothing in this legislation will deal with our border. Nothing we have passed will deal with our border. And we tried to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas last week, and eight Republicans blocked us. And um, look, the fact of the matter is, some of my colleagues want to say Ukraine is uh, uh, the ticket to getting uh, border security. Well, they've got a problem with that. A large block of Republicans don't want to give another dollar to Ukraine, and understandably so. Um, so how are you going to leverage Ukraine to get border security when a sizable block of Republicans are done with Ukraine? So we, we if, if we're going to move Ukraine, I agree. Let's include additional, uh, let's include border security in HR2. 
um, in order to force Democrats to accept it. But if we're not going to move Ukraine uh, with conservative votes, then we're going to have to find another approach to try to force border security. But I don't understand how Republicans can keep running on doing things and then not do them. Um, and they're so scared of a shutdown. They're so scared of their own shadow that they refuse to leave. You know, yesterday uh, I had somebody on my show who lives in Brackettville, who lives down in Kenny County, uh, and they were telling me that um, that they are encountering Ukrainians and Russians at, at the border now. I mean, uh, we are giving Ukraine money, yet uh, we're not taking care of our own border. Well, George, I would love that if, uh, you know, any of our friends down there, Brent or any of the guys down in Kenny County or anybody if you have, have any information on that, shoot it my way. I will. Um, because I'll certainly amplify it. And, and look, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, we're going to have some Ukrainian refugees, probably people that, you know, you and I might be okay with in terms of they're wanting to try to, you know, live uh, freely. I've got plenty of Ukrainian friends that have been trying to free, flee uh, the disaster or totalitarian state, you know, uh, prior to the current war. And I don't begrudge that. And and but but what I do begrudge is a a, a a American government, the leadership of this country that leaves our borders wide open without us making the decision as to who gets to come in with a full vetting of who they are, what our laws are and making sure that we're saying, OK, you're a good person. You're not a terrorist. You're seeking a better way of life. You're actually being uh, persecuted for your religious beliefs or political persecution. And you're you need help like the baby on the doorstep. That is supposed to be a very small number of people and the exception to our laws. And instead, this administration is using, as you well know, asylum and parole and these things to blow a hole into our border and flood the gates and flood our country with this disastrous uh, flow of individuals into the United States. Uh, let me ask you this last question, because we were very disappointed that the action against Mayorkas was not taken. Um, will there be any kind of discipline of this man who continues to to allow our, na our, our nation to be in peril um, with any type of, well, any discipline, anything from, from uh, a, a, a removal to uh, impeachment, anything? I mean, is there anything that's ever going to happen to this guy? Well, um, I hope there still will be, as you know, and I think as you and I have talked about, I put out a report two years ago detailing why he should be uh, impeached, removed from office. Um and uh, uh, the um, fact is uh, we had eight Republicans, like I said, who said no um, earlier this week. I believe they did so um, for reasons uh, that involved their uh, more limited uh, definition of high crimes and misdemeanors. And uh, we, um, we unfortunately disagree on that. But, you know, with only eight that means we can try to target, uh, I don't mean politically target, but we, we can lean into them with our conversations about trying to get them to the, to the best spot. Um, we've moved the needle a lot over the last year. There were a whole lot of people who didn't want to vote for impeaching. Uh, the secretary did not think it was a high crime and misdemeanor. We've narrowed that down to eight, and I think a couple of those, it was a process thing. So I still remain hopeful that we can do it. Now, remember, that will get to the Senate and almost assuredly, hit a wall unless we make a really compelling case. Yep, that's so true. I'm trying to yep. figure out what I've been trying to do is make that compelling case. Yep, that's true. That's true. It'll it'll get over there and then <laughs> it'll probably go nowhere. But um, well, well, at least at least a, a, a people would know about his crimes and misdemeanors. I mean, for crying out loud, Congressman, we really, really appreciate the battle that you that you uh, are, are waging regarding uh, keeping keeping this budget under control, or at least trying to uh, to keep it under control. Uh, we um, is, is there are, are there any other major battles that you are looking at uh, coming over the horizon? Yeah, look, I mean, we're, the, the, we're now getting to DEFCON 1 on this stuff. I mean, you know, we've been going through the year trying to change this process, change the town, get appropriations bills back, hold spending in check, because it's the only way to get policies in place to stop the Biden administration. So we've been doing that with, with uh, as much vigor as we can. But now it's getting down to game time. Uh, Mike kicked this CR, kicked it down the road. We now need to get either get these appropriations bills done and get them passed, get them through committee and force the Senate to act, or we need to call their bluff and force massive cuts and shut the government down. And that includes, by the way, using it as leverage for border security. Our mission has got to be cut spending year over year, 
including supplementals. That means all the emergency spending, Israel, disaster relief, anything for Ukraine. Year-over-year spending must cut. We must secure the border of the United States, which means HR2. And then we need to deal with things like FISA, which, uh, you know, is uh, the foreign intelligence surveillance stuff that has been used against Americans. We cannot do a clean reauthorization of FISA, meaning we can't just keep doing what we've been doing. We need to change it to protect the privacy of the American people. And that is the next thing we've got to deal with in addition. You got it. Folks, we have been speaking with our good friend, Congressman Chip Roy, from the 21st District of, of Texas, uh, my congressman right here in San Antonio. Congressman, thank you very, very much for the fight that you wage in, in Washington, and keep it up, please. Thank you, George. I appreciate it. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you soon. And uh, sorry I haven't seen you as much as we normally do. I've been stuck up here in D.C. We're now on 10 straight weeks in D.C., and we were in uh, D.C. for 10 out of 12 weeks right before the August recess. I got around the district in August, but it's been a run. I I barely see my family, so don't take offense. But God bless, man. You got it, buddy. And and please be careful, because I heard about uh, Biden's daughter, I think it was, that they were stealing her car. <laughs> and, and, wow. there was a, and there was a reaction to it uh, by uh, Secret Service. Uh, uh, you know, I, it just sounds like uh, DC's uh, crime is uh, is going down the drain, man. So be careful. You take care, and uh, we'll get you on the show again sometime soon. All right. God bless, George. Take care. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Once again, my friends, thank you for joining us today. Uh, I want to thank again our guests, uh, Texas Land Commissioner Don Buckingham, uh, Alliance for a Safe Texas uh, President Sheena Rodriguez, Dr. Mike Vickers with the Texas Border Volunteers, and of course, my very good friend, Congressman Chip Roy from the tech, from the 21st District of Texas. He is great. I can't say good, enough good things about him. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. I want to thank our sponsor, FAIR, the Federation for American Immigration Reform. They make our program uh, possible. I want to thank uh, a couple of donors. I want to thank uh, the uh, uh, Alamo Pachyderm Club, uh, and uh, I want to thank the uh, American uh, Society for Fair Immigration. They also help us a little bit. Thank you very much, my friends. Your donations help our program. Help us to keep our program alive. Help us to uh, tell folks the truth about what is going on regarding immigration and the very uh, critical border crisis that we are facing. Stay safe, my friends, and again, join us next time. Same place, same station. And if you want to hear this program again, go to our Facebook page, go to our Twitter, go to our um, uh, um, LinkedIn Uh, we uh, post the program and you can listen to it at your disposal or at your convenience should I say once again George Rodriguez talking to you from San Antonio thank you very much Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.